0: When I understand the truth about myself in light of who God is, majestic and holy and pure and perfect, then that's going to cultivate a humility inside of a person. Welcome to the
1: Soundwords Podcast, where it's our goal to help Christians love and live out God's Word. I'm Pastor Aaron Nicholson. This is Pastor Jesse Randolph. And today we're excited to introduce our special guest to you. We have Pastor John Benzinger. Pastor John, thank you for being on the podcast today.
0: I truly mean it. It is an honor to be with you guys. Thank you.
1: Wonderful. So good to have you. Thank you for your time, and thank you for coming on to speak on the subject of humility. Um, Before we get into it, though, just have a couple of introductory comments. For those of you who don't know Pastor John, he is the lead pastor and elder at Redeemer Bible Church in Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, I read that you've had a number of roles, some interesting roles, too. Your website says you've been a high jump coach a custodian, a professor, Bible teacher, and now lead pastor. So I'm curious, how did God use those different roles to to lead you to where your role is now? It doesn't have pizza
0: delivery driver on there either. <laughs> but um, Could you just tell us a little bit about, about you and your church? Um, if you think about it, all of it is really service. Um, one is a high jump coach. You're serving those students by trying to help them be the very best at high jump that they can be. Delivery driver for pizza is custodian, um, is, is the heart of a servant. And at the end of the day, I believe I learned more about being a pastor by being a custodian than I really did in seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a lot of tools, which are helpful, obviously, but the day-to-day heart of a pastor needs to be exactly the same as the heart of a good custodian. And so we're here to serve. We're not the owners, we're the stewards. And it is critical that, uh, that I, I, it took me four years. I really needed to learn this. And so I tried to get other jobs while I was in seminary, but, uh, God did not uh, over a hundred (laughs) actually, and God did not let me get any of them. So I ended up staying as a custodian for four years and God really worked on my heart during those years. And so I'm very grateful for that. Uh, as far as the church goes here, um, I've been here for nine years. I started as the interim and then became the lead pastor eight months later. And to give a context, the numbers, numbers are important because numbers are souls, um, but numbers don't convey anything as far as what the worth of a ministry. But to, to help understand the scope, my first Sunday here at Redeemer, there were 193 people. After eight months, the church grew to 90. So we lost a hundred people and um now the church is about 2200 people. Hmm. So I've been on the side of losing half the church, half of the attendance and I've been on the other side of that. Hmm. And That's so right. it has been a remarkable testimony to God's grace and God's goodness to this church that he would not let it die. There were there were lots of reasons that he he could hmm. have and and maybe um it would have it would have made sense, but hmm. God in his grace decided to turn it around and do it in a, an incredibly dramatic Way that um, I, I've I've remember being in seminary and John MacArthur would would talk about Grace Church and he would say this this rocket took off years ago and I've just been holding on ever since mm. and that's that's what it's like here the rocket took off and we're holding on and we're going wherever the Lord takes it so we're, we're to change the metaphor riding the wave of providence and just seeing where the Lord takes us
2: mm. Amen so our, our topic for uh, this podcast John is is cultivating biblical humility and you've just shared a little bit about what we would call uh, maybe the world would call a success story right uh, you, you're seeing growth you you grew down to 90 but now you've grown up to 2200 how do you go about cultivating biblical humility in 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 the middle of that as you hold on to that rocket ship that's taking off and as you answer that would you be willing to share a definition of what what is biblical humility
0: yeah so cultivating humility doesn't start when the church is is blowing up like it is now. Mm-hmm. Cultivating that starts a long time ago. And I need to be clear on this. I'm not a humble man. I'm a prideful man that seeks to be humble. That is trying uh, by God's grace to be humble. And it's a very significant question, and it is a question that I actually have taken very seriously um, because I don't want any part of my life to be about me. So, bottom line, how do you grow in humility when there's a bunch of success going on around you? Uh, begins with your doctrine of God, it begins with your theology proper, primarily the sovereignty of God. And once you have a robust understanding of the sovereignty of God, you recognize that this is not something that you did any more than the paintbrush can take credit for the Mona Lisa. Mm. It doesn't. It recognizes that its only value is that it was a worthy tool for the master to use. And Mm. I think that that's biblical. I think I think Paul talks about that with Timothy Mm -hmm. somewhere. Vessels used for honor. And so it's one of those things that at the end of the day, if God is sovereign over all things, then I can't take credit for any of this. This is something he decided to do. And it is something that I'm grateful that I get to be a part of. The amount of um, energy I would spend trying to make it about me would be worthless when I stand before him and give an account for this ministry. So at the end of the day, it starts with the sovereignty of God. Um, I would also say that on my prayer list, as I, as I pray... Every day, there is a part of the Lord's prayer that I pray. So when you're praying every day, like I did today, every Wednesday, your will be done. If you meditate on that for a second, that creates a paradigm where he is the Lord and I am the slave. He's the master. I'm the servant. He's the king. I'm the subject. So I have a daily reminder when it's your kingdom come, you're the king, you're sovereign. I'm the servant. Your will be done. You're the master. You're the Lord. I'm the slave. I have a, I have a daily reminder of my position before God. And when you think about the the metaphors for christians none of them induce pride they all induce humility even child that, that you're a child of god yes there's a sense that that is that that's grateful that you're grateful that you're a child of god there's an honor to that but at the same time, there's also a sense that you're not an adult, you're a child. You're, you're receiving the benefits. You're not giving the benefits. So Jesus will say it, no matter how much you do, you're going to be an unworthy slave because you only did what you were told to do. We can't go above and beyond. We can't impress him. And so if that's the truth, and it is the truth, then that's, that's the way that I should be as a Christian. Add to that that Jesus says, that the greatest among us will be the servants. The first will be the slave, like that that's the paradigm. And then he shows us that by saying, I didn't come to be served, but to serve, to give my life. And and I do that by giving my life. Then the greatest thing I can do is to be a servant to people. And the thing that is going to keep me from doing that is pride. Mm -hmm. And so you asked for a definition of humility, which is, Understanding the truth about myself in light of the truth about God. That when I understand the truth about myself, my sin, my pride, uh, in light of who God is, majestic and holy and pure and perfect, then once I understand that, I come to realize that more and more, deeper and deeper, then that's going to cultivate a humility hmm. inside of a person. So those are just some of the the main ways. But truly like it's it's being a custodian for four years, Hmm. waiting 17 years to be a lead pastor, watching all your friends get jobs and wondering, was I wrong? Hmm. Was I, was I off? So there's a lot of personal things that have humbled me. There've been a lot of, and then there's these biblical things that I've been talking about that cultivate in somebody who's, who's, who cares about it? Who wants to be humble? Who doesn't just say it, but is actively seeking to be humble? I, I pray that. I prayed today against pride because God opposes the proud. So on, you just happen to get me on a Wednesday when this is the, the, the locus of my prayer time is praying against pride in my life because God opposes the proud. I don't want God to be opposed to me. He gives grace to the humble. I want grace. I want more and more grace. I don't want him to be opposed to me. I don't want him to be like a a linebacker trying to stop me. Like that's the last position I want God in. I want God to be a lead blocker for me. I don't want him to be opposed to me. And so the core of that boils down to pride. So I don't know if like, words feel good in my mouth, guys. So. <laughs> no, I wasn't sure how relevant it was for me to to talk
1: about your previous role as a custodian, but I'm so glad yeah. we mentioned it. I mean, that's perfect to hear how God used that in your life and prepared you for your role now as lead pastor. What I hear you say about humility too, is, is you, you can't uh, all of a sudden be humble in the moment. That starts in your private a relationship with the Lord, your devotion to him in private so that you're ready for humility when success is around you. Absolutely. Uh, praise God. Yeah, that's very helpful. So that's a, a biblical understanding of humility. Now, could you talk about, um, you know, what the world thinks about humility? How does the world define humility? Um, how does that differ from biblical humility?
0: This is a touchy subject, and the reason it's a touchy subject is because the world's view of humility has infected church leadership pretty deeply. So that humility is not honored. Humility is seen as weakness. Humility is seen as... Oh, that's nice, but get over that. Like, be honest. It's so, so it seems like there's people who are humble that they're going to view that as not just weak, but they're just putting on an airs so that they don't really mean it. So just like be honest because we've imbibed a lot of what it means to be a leader from the world. We give lip service to what Jesus says, but to actually do what Jesus says when it comes to leadership, to see myself as not as though I have the title lead pastor, but that really means lead service servant primarily to the guys on my team and to, and then to the staff to the other elders that that i exist to make them better that that's that's my job that that i exist for their benefit not just the congregation but the guys on my staff that is so upside down mm-hmm. to oh, i'm the lead pastor and people should look to me and people should follow me and all these things and and, and you you've got to be very careful in that that Paul said, Yeah, follow me as I follow Christ. He always came back to that. Like, nope. no, you you follow you're following, I'm following Christ, and you follow me in that sense, not in everything. So it is so the world I think views humility as weakness. The world views humility as a um as a negative, as as something that 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 doesn't demonstrate your your worth, it doesn't demonstrate your accomplishments. It, so it's something that is it's not, it's it's a rare thing to see out there people who are who are who are truly seeking to be humble that's a
2: that's a good warning uh, to bring it back to the church right because when we ask a question like how does the world view humility we might subconsciously divorce the world from the church but unfortunately the world seeps into the church if we're not careful so what a good reminder to us to to be pursuing true biblical humility as not just in our church but especially in our church or church contexts to make sure we aren't uh, unnecessarily or or um, unwisely imbibing worldly wisdom, and you know, just need to be the guy that's got the chest puffed out all the time, as that as though that's leadership, um, or being a platform builder, which is now a big thing mm-hmm. in, in pastoral yep. and ministry circles, uh, to really put on the heart of Christ and to seek the, the good of others. I, I love what you're saying about uh, lead pastor being lead servant. Mm -hmm. What a great reminder for whatever title anybody holds in the church or any Christian in any capacity to think of being, to outdoing another one another and showing honor and and servitude.
1: And totally in contrast to to the world. I mean, it's not chief executive servant. It's, you know, that's right.
0: They wouldn't think of themselves as that. Yeah. They hire everybody to serve them. Right. They exist so that people see their greatness. they are, not happy if their greatness is not recognized, and sometimes with good good motives, you know,
1: for for achieving a, a common goal, we need to all step in line. But the church doesn't operate like that, does right. it?
0: Right. Yeah. So then. We go to the conferences or we read the books or listen to the podcasts and the leader, you know, the leader from one industry, we're trying to imbibe things from them for the church when really we have a completely upside down kingdom in a lot of ways. And I know the world borrows our stuff all the time. And so I get that part too, but there's a, there's a real sense that what the world views as leadership the church views as leadership, which means that true humility is not honored. It's seen as a weakness, which then leads to people who are less mature, people who our platform builders, like you were saying, can easily take advantage of somebody at that point. It's David with Absalom mm. is that a person can become an Absalom to a leader who is seeking to be, to, to be humble, who is seeking. So it is, it's a danger that I've seen out there that, that, that at the same time, my response is, well, it got Jesus killed too. So mm. that's just kind of the way it is. Yeah. Right.
2: On, on that note, John, can you share some examples of biblical humility that you've seen? So whether that be biblical figures and accounts or or just people in the flesh that you've encountered or, or people that have influenced you that uh, have modeled the type of biblical humility we're talking about.
0: Yeah. So one that comes to mind right now is a pastor friend of mine in California who, um, by all outward appearances, has an incredibly successful church Um one of the largest churches in in the country, even. And about 10 to 15 years ago, he realized, like, I'm getting old. I'm getting older. And so what he did was he took his youth pastor and he made him the co-pastor and said, I'm going to make you the co-pastor. I'm going to be 1A, but you're going to be 1B, but eventually you're going to be 1A and I'm going to be 1B, and then eventually you're going to be 1 and I'm not going to be here. And... This whole succession thing is you watch older guys. Um, some of them try to hold on to what they have and they, they don't care about a succession plan. They don't think about succession plans. Other ones, the succession plan goes horribly because there wasn't humility there. There was fighting. There was infighting. There was jockeying. I've, I've watched this guy do this in a way. I mean, I, I've. And and swallow, not just swallow his pride, but swallow offense after offense after offense. And, and the way that he puts it is, John, everybody loves servant leadership until they're treated like a servant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, and that's, that's the truth. You can, I can wax eloquently about humility and servant leadership, but have somebody on my team treat me as a servant and I'm there's, my pride is going to well up in that moment. Hmm. And so, and if I'm not careful, it will come out. And so watching him continually take steps back in order to elevate this guy is something where I I look at that as a mark of, in, of incredible humility. And so I've said to him numerous times, like, I hope I'm as I, I could do that someday. I hope I could do that someday. Um, because the amount of stepping back that he has to do is, is admirable. Yeah. And so that, that's one that comes uh that that's off the top of my head. Um, but there is a, it, it's it's an interesting thing to think about humility other than our Lord because it is a very rare trait right to see in people because it's it's highly valued in the Bible highly valued I could go through a bunch of texts here that talk about how highly valued it actually is and yet it's not something that we we pursue we I don't I wonder if if as Christians we pursue specific, virtues like i want to grow in this thing you know i, I don't think that I, uh, typically in my experience that's not how christians think about growing we just accumulate bible knowledge and hope that that somehow zaps us into being more holy but the kind of pursuing a specific um A specific virtue, I think, is critical when it comes to humility. God says so much about how much he hates pride. He uses words like hatred and abomination for pride. And so it's like, so we should listen to that. And we should also see how many times he says things like before honor comes humility Three times in the Proverbs, it says that at least. And so it's those kinds of things that it is, it's unfortunate that what you see in especially the Old Testament is the opposite of that and the destruction that pride causes. Yeah. Always interesting to see there's a
1: reward for humility, maybe not on earth, but you know, uh, humble yourself at the proper time and he will exalt you. That's right. Um, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.
0: There is a, there's a good result to humility, but we don't experience it here. Yeah. You don't, you don't even get into the kingdom. You don't get salvation apart from humility. You must be poor in spirit. Mm -hmm. You must recognize your sinfulness and your need for repentance or you're never, you're never going to be saved. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if
1: I could probe further on, you know, what if a Christian was to focus on humility and they were, they were to say, as you said, I'm going to grow Lord willing in humility. What would that look like?
0: That's good. So what I would encourage a Christian to do first is to go into their Bible program or some Bible website and type in the word pride and find every passage in the Bible that describes pride, even write it all down. Then go to the Bible and find everything that says about humility and write all of those things down. Start committing those things to memories. That's what Psalm 119, um, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I think mm-hmm. verse 11. And so you're going to want to memorize the what the scriptures say against pride and for humility, like God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. I want grace. I want grace. So you're going to want to memorize those things. This to this is the one that I will look, one who is humble and contrite and trembles at my word. That's what gets God's attention, is humility, which is the opposite of the world by the way. The world does not uh humility does not grab the world's attention. It it grabs the world's disdain. But but humility is what grabs God's attention. So it's it's me- it's going to start with that. It's going to start with memorizing scripture. On humility. It's going to be praying scripture about humility. So there are specific texts that I pray through for myself on this issue. Um, and I think the number one key to recognizing whether or not you're growing in humility is how willing are you to serve people without being noticed. How willing are you to serve people without getting recognition, without getting praise, without getting any kind of uh, benefit for that service? How willing are you to do that? You know, it's one thing to wash the dishes for your wife. It's another thing to do that, not expecting a thank you, not expecting a, hey, I'm going to get some kind of like kiss from her, whatever. Like, I'm just doing it because it's a blessing to her and honors God. So there there are a lot of ways to examine pride, to see where pride is happening in your heart. Um, There. There is a document out there you can find. You just Google 50 fruits of pride. It is a, I would Google 50, the word 50, not the number 50. But that document, download that document, go through that document on a regular basis. It is absolutely convicting on this issue of pride. So it gives you 50 fruits, 50 ways that pride comes out of our lives that we we may not even know. We may not even notice, but are absolutely critical to understand so that we can kill that sin in our lives. There's a lot to like do things you're bad at. So <laughs> or do things do things you used to be good at, uh-huh. but now you're bad, you know, like for me shooting a basketball. <laughs> um, that would be that would be pride Crushing, you know, hitting a golf ball. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That'd be pride crushing. We've been taking care of those things, actually. (laughs) Check, check. Yep. (laughs) But I, I would, I've given a ton of different things that I mean. I have my document here, 50 Fruits of Pride. I preached on this subject two months ago to our church, talked about all the ways Proverbs excoriates pride and encourages humility. And so it's, it is it is a very worthwhile study that that I recommend everybody and every Christian do because it will thoroughly help you throughout your life.
1: Yeah. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much,
1: Pastor John, for being on the podcast and for just sharing your insights on biblical humility. I appreciate what God's done in your life and uh, keep preaching his word and, and thank you for ministering to us today.
0: Amen. Thanks, guys. It was it's
2: truly an honor. Pastor Jesse, anything to close? Yeah, the final word as always goes to God and his word from 2 Timothy 1.13. Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus.
1: Thanks for listening.